Yes, it is Tuesday, August 23. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you're just tuning in, Manchester United have beaten Liverpool. Tony from Manly demanding I uh, read the score. 2-1 United over Liverpool this morning at Old Trafford. Uh, now, news in the AFL yesterday with GWS. Leon Cameron's successor has been confirmed. And it'll be Richmond assistant Adam Kingsley on a three-year contract. He beat out Demons assistant Adam Uze to the job. 46 years of age, played 170 games for Port Adelaide, including their premiership back in 2004 and has served a long apprenticeship there at St Kilda and uh, had a hand in Richmond's two flags as well, Loz. So very well credentialed. Uh, obviously, they would have loved Alastair Clarkson to have given them the nod, but... Uh, Certainly Adam Kingsley's, uh, well, from all the reports I've read yesterday, very highly regarded. Well, it's a good list, GWS, and if you're a young coach, it's a side that you go into with a bit of quality in it. So, um, you know, they can add a few players and obviously do well at the draft and who knows what's possible, but Kingsley comes with a great reputation. He's missed out on a couple of previous roles. Uh, but he's finally uh, landed at the Giants. And they said he was highly impressive in his interview. Um, and I heard uh, Nick Rewalt talk about him saying he's the best coach he's ever learnt off. Talking about how he taught him more about forward play than any other coach he'd played under. So that's a, a massive rap in itself. Um, but he comes, uh, you know, as an assistant, winning a premiership, uh, learning under Damien Hardwick. They're still involved in the finals. Um, we're unsure of when he'll be um, coming to Sydney, but I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, once the season's over down there, he'll he'll make his way to the Giants, and, and let's hope he can have a bit of success. I mean, the Swans are, are doing well up here at the moment. It'd be great to have two Sydney sides in the finals. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big ask. It's not a massive club, the Giants. Um, so he can fly under the radar a, a little bit up here, but um, he certainly comes highly credentialed, you know? Big build-up for Gutho today. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, we're just waiting for him. Gutho's just on the couch. Morning, morning, Gutho. How Turn are you? Morning, going all right. How are you? <laughs> yeah, really well, thanks. And uh, what was the key, do you think, to keeping the dogs to just six points because your defence was superb in particular on Saturday? Yeah. Our defence was really good. We knew they were going to come out and throw the ball around. It's, uh, they didn't really have too much to lose, and uh, they've been doing that the last month or so. So uh, we really just put our focus on this week, and um, after a disappointing game against the yeah, so we just wanted to focus on our defence. And uh, even the try they scored was just an easy missed tackle from Wangi, and uh, we probably solved that as well. But uh, hopefully we can build off that against uh, the Broncos on Thursday. Gutho, anything changed from the, the week before? Again, having that, that tough defeat. And then, I, I sort of mean during the week in, in preparation. Like I said last week, we, we speak a lot about the, the highs and lows and um, Parisi and both sides of that this year. Was there anything different in your preparation this week? Yeah, as we spoke about last week, we, it, it's hard to put a finger on because we, as you said, we you train all week, you think you're going to go, go out and do the same thing and uh, it just doesn't work, but... Mm. Look, we, we, we train really well, as we always do, and I think it was more uh, we, we spoke about getting ready for game day. We, we've been in pretty inconsistent on game day, and um, it's individually and as a team, and uh, we just put more focus on turning up to the game and, and doing what you need to do for that 80 minutes, and I thought that was probably 
um, even though it was against uh, a lower-ranked team and it wasn't Southlight the week before. We, we really put a focus on what we wanted to do and, and how we wanted to do it, and I thought we went out there and did it. What gives you the confidence, Gutho, you can turn up again this weekend and get the job done? Because, you know, a, a lot of Parramatta supporters, they're, they're riding the highs and then they're riding the lows. I mean, they want consistency from their footy team. How, how do we get that this week? Yeah, I think we just have to want it. Um, as I said, we spoke about one all week last week and uh, we know we can do it. It's just about um, doing it and wanting to do it and um, to, to be able to go up there and uh, they're coming off a disappointing loss themselves. Uh, they're going to come out firing and uh, we have to go out there and, and go after them. And uh, we're looking forward to it. We've got training today and then we head up there tomorrow. So we're looking forward to it, but um, hopefully we can be on another high this week and uh, we're going to go out there and do everything possible to get the two points. How's Mitch Moses travelling, buddy, with that, that finger? I think he's okay. He actually just rocked up to the cafe then and um, he, he's walking all right. He, he's, he's moving okay. He's got a smile on his face. So um, hopefully he's... I'm not too sure if he'll train today, but um, if he, if all we need is uh, him on game day. But uh, he's looking all right at the moment. Yeah, they underlined their importance to you, no doubt, Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown with their performance on Saturday. And they can talk to other clubs November 1, should they they wish to, about their, their contracts beyond next season. How confident are you, Gutho, that they'll be the long-term halves for Parramatta? Oh, I'd like to think pretty confident, but you just never know these days. Um, you sort of speak to them. They're, they're very happy and um, they're, they're great people to have around the club. But, uh, look, they obviously got to do their part with their managers and um, we, we, we do everything possible to make them make sure they know that they're, they want, they're wanting to stay. And, uh, look, Dill, Dill's been here his, his whole career and uh, Mitch has been here for a number of years now. But uh, I think on the weekend proved again how important they are and uh, they just showed the club how important they are together. So um, if you can keep those two together, it's going to go a long way in. Uh, putting this club into a, a successful uh, position and um, hopefully we can get it sorted sooner rather than later. Every game now, Gutho, is highly important and you're still a chance of finishing in the top four. And You mentioned the Broncos and, and they were. They were, they were terrible last week against a red-hot Melbourne Storm side. I'm just interested in what Brad does this week. Is it the focus on you or do you do the same routine, look at video, look at what happened in their game against the Broncos last week and analyse or do you sort of just wipe that and think more about yourselves? Uh, yeah, we just think more about ourselves, especially um, being in that position before. You, you always want to uh, just move on from it pretty quickly and you're not going to be the same team you were the week before. So they're going to they're gonna just try and flush that as quick as they can as well. And um, like, like I said, we what we did last week was what we wanted to do, and uh, we really focused on us. We only saw a few clips of what uh, the Bulldogs were going to throw and, and how they were going to play. And um, if you stick into your system um, as a team and um, as players, it's going to go a long way in getting the win. And, uh, and a lot of teams, they throw a lot of the same shapes. So you just got to be able to defend uh, in your system and, and do what you need to do for your team. And um, a lot of the time, the result will go your way. I'll tell you what, if you win this game Thursday night, you'll be a big Rooster supporter on Friday night, Gutho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, because I think their four and against is pretty good. But uh, look, we, we just have to... It, it's in our... Um, the ball's in our court. Uh, the, the next two games, we've got two top eight teams. And um, if we can win, um, put yourself in a position. And uh, if things... Right, we're just focused on getting the, getting the wins that, that we need to do. Tell us, Gutho, the importance of Sean Lane as well. He's another one who's uh, off contract next season. 
Yeah, Lane has been um, one of, if not our best all year. He, he's consistently uh, doing his part for the team. He, he's having 20 carries a game. He's uh, really holding down that left edge. And I think what he's doing to Dylan is uh, he's really calming Dylan down and giving Dylan a lot of confidence. And um, when Dylan's playing with confidence, we know the type of player he can be. And uh, with, with Laney, he, nothing really bothers him. He's a very calm, um, calm sort of guy in the sheds. He's, uh, he puts his headphones on. He, you don't know if he's awake or asleep five minutes before the game, but he goes out there and and um, and plays the type of footy we need him to. And I think he's he's he probably has been our best player all year, to be honest. Uh, Gutho, with um, staff that that come uh, come into Parrot, do you have any say on that? So Trent Barrett, for example, coming to the club, does does Parrot speak to you, or is that left up to head coach and uh, people off the field? Um. Pretty much just left the people off the field. Um, Brad sort of mentioned it to me uh, maybe a week or two ago, saying I'm looking at it. And um, look, that, that's up to the, the probably the, the um, CEO and, and everyone like that. And obviously, Brad has a big say in it. But uh, look, Trent, um, he's been a, been around the game for a long mm. time, and uh, he's proven himself as a, as a great coach, uh, assistant coach as well. And um, to have his knowledge coming into the club, I think it's only going to benefit. Um, us as players and especially as a as an outside back as a half you you, you sort of uh, look for players like that and uh, look I can't wait to meet him I've met him a few times but to get him in into the into the club and help us out I'm always fascinated fascinated to to know with teams Gutho when you when you know you're on you, you know like whether it's a, a warm-up or whether it's you know you're being quite in the shed and you know there's a real intensity when you look around and you, you look at someone in the eye and you, you can just tell they're, they're on, what, what type of group of Parramatta? Are, are you a noisy group? Are you a calm group? Are you a, a team that if you warm up, you, you know you're on? Oh, just fascinated to get an insight into into into, into the Parramatta team. Yeah, we've got a bit of a weird team, Loz. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of weird individuals. It's probably sort of led by me. I'm a strange cat myself. <laughs> um, I, I don't really take too serious too many things until I get out on the field and there's there's just a different little groups before games and, right uh, some have their headphones in and, and you just leave them alone where where there's a few of the other boys me Dill, Mitch um, we're sort of mucking around all the way up into warm-up and and even in warm-up you still haven't laughed and uh, there's just little little things that you, you sort of get to realize throughout the year and and as you play with players you you leave them alone where you can talk to them and and um, on that way and then once warm-up comes in everyone sort of just gels in together but yeah. um, everyone throughout the year you sort of pick up on little things that, uh, that the boys do and you, um, as I said you, there's players you leave alone or there's players that you can have a laugh with and uh, you sort of uh, stay with the ones that you can have a laugh with because you don't want to um, interrupt anyone's yeah. prep but but we've had some, some horrible warm-ups and and you think, oh, what, what's this going to be? And you go out and put a great performance in. So yeah. uh, it all just comes down to once that ball's kicked off, you you just got to go out there and do your job because uh, sometimes you come in after warm, you're like, oh, we're on, and you go out there and, and nothing's working. So uh, it's just about sort of adjusting to what the game brings. Um, I think if we can do that in the back end of the year, it's going to go a long way. It's fascinating, isn't it, the dynamics of a, of a footy team? And you've got to learn to adapt on the run and – I just remember because Campbell, we played a lot of away games. Yeah, like I, I, like if I was sitting on the bus early in my career and I heard blokes sort of laughing, automatically I'd be thinking because I was a you know very intense, you know, intense preparer. sort of preparer. Mm. I, I would be thinking, oh, 
they're not on today. And I'd yeah, then yeah. start to worry about them. But I, I got to learn over time that everyone handles it differently. Yeah. 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 You know. It's weird because I, I, I used to, just when I was a kid coming through, I'd always have my headphones on because that's, all, that's what I saw on TV. Everyone had their headphones on. Yeah. No talking to everyone. You're serious. And then when I got integrators, yeah, I felt like I was putting more pressure on myself when I was too too zoned in. I felt like I'd played the game before I'd even got out there and uh, just putting too much stress. So I always just thought I'd, I'd find someone that I could have a joke with. And yeah. I thought I learned that pretty early with uh, a lot of the older Manly boys. They were they were all pretty relaxed. They would um, to be able to learn that early and you sort of just go out into the game and be able to play your own style of footy. And um, ever since that, I, I've just always done that. And um, as I said, there's always different types of boys and. Um, doing their own thing. There's people that stretch, and as I said, Lane, legit Laney's Laney's in his little locker with his eyes shut until two minutes before warm up. So you sort of never know what people are going through. But uh, eighty minutes, and um, you get it get it out, and who cares how they do it? Now, Gutho, we saw teams suffering big losses on the weekend, particularly those out of finals contention. Loz basically wants you to play 48 games a year. Uh, <laughs> do you feel the season's too long, or is it about right? I mean, for yourself, and when you speak to teammates and other players about this, what do you feel? How do you feel about the length of the season and how many games you're playing? Uh, look, it's, it's a tough one. I've always said from the start, I think you should just burst everyone once. You get two buys. Um, Origin should be standalone uh, week, and then you chuck in a couple of rep rounds, and um, you're only playing the 16 games, and swap home and away, just like the NFC season. Um, you sort of you make up those extra lost rounds by um, by chucking in those uh, standalone Origins. You can chuck in a few other games, but I, I think at the moment uh, the season's probably it's okay, but. Uh, we see at this time of the year when you when you know you can't make the finals. We've been there. We've we've come last uh, a few years ago, and um, you just get behind by a little bit, and you just lose interest in the game because you're not you're not fighting for anything, and uh, it gets a little bit hard. But uh, I'd love to. I, I don't know. There's there's always going to be opinions and um, on on how long it should be and how long it shouldn't be. But um, at the moment, it, it I, I feel it's okay, but it, it could always get better. Loz, have you, have you got anything to say about that? Oh, no, no, I haven't. Well, what I will say, all right, if you play 16 or 17 games, are you okay, Gutho, with losing a quarter of your salary? Yeah, but then we add in some extra. <laughs> yeah, but if you don't play representative football... And then we keep the same money. And <laughs> if you don't, yeah, but if you don't play representative yeah. football, you well, only play 16 games. I only games. want to work three days in here, but I want to be paid the same. <laughs> We should have a month of footy, same pay, and then we all go, we all go on uh, classy holiday. Oh, yeah. mate, I agree. <laughs> now, Gutho, I agree. That's put a, a great deal. You should be putting it on him, mate. The, the old um, end-of-season trip on his boat. Mate, yeah, boys I, are more than welcome. I'll be shooting you a message when, when I'm in the off-season. Mate, I'll be happy to throw it for you after you win the GF. Sorry about that. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to that, class. <laughs> Thanks so much, Gutho. Good luck against the Bronx. Go well, buddy. Guys, have a good one, sir. Give us a call, 13.53.53. Now, Clarkie, the inaugural Big Bash draft mm. is Sunday. Mm. 12 international players have been given platinum status, so they're uh, said to be offered for $340,000. The amazing thing about paid. it is mm. nearly all of the 12 won't even be there for the whole tournament because UAE. they're going to ship themselves off to go to the UAE or the South African yeah. T20 league. But so. the UAE, the, the platinum contract, the highest pay, they'll get 600 grand. Mm. 
for a tournament that's only four weeks as well. So that's exactly why they're walking away from... So what they'll do, they'll be paid pro rata. So even if the contract, well, the platinum contract's 340 grand, they'll be paid per game they play. So among these 12 players, you've got Faf Duplessis, Jason Roy, Kieran Pollard, Dwayne Bravo, amongst others. Trent Bolt as well. Now, the interesting thing with Trent Bolt, the New Zealand quick, is he recently quit his New Zealand central contract. He hasn't retired from international... Cricket re- for New Zealand. Can you read those, those 12 players? How many of them aren't retired from international cricket? Bravo retired. Pollard retired. Faf retired. Bolt, no cricket no, no cricket New Zealand contract. Pollard, Russell. Pollard, Russell retired. Roy Livingston, Billings. Billings all... not really playing for, not playing for England. Mm. Roy playing short, playing 2020 for England. Like that's the that's the other thing. Like even the BBL, they're trying to to get the Australian players to play, and it's because we we can't even get the big fish from other countries. Well, that's what I'm about to say. You go I mean, to the IPL, mate. Those twelve players are middle of the road. Yeah, they're I not mean, even close to being platinum I mean, players. I mean, are these seriously people who are going to make us go? Whoa, we've got to go to the Big Bash because David Willie's in town. Yeah. Please. He was no. an umpire, wasn't he? <laughs> what are you, umpire? No, is it, there was a was was Peter Willie. Peter Willie. Peter Willie. Peter Willie. Yeah. Peter I Willie. think players like Andre Russell, for example, he's entertainer, bat bowl, but he's past his best. Sure, uh, Kieran Pollard, same thing. Oh. Entertainer, hit ball out of the park, but they're past their best. It's not like, yeah. Oh, maybe, and maybe that's why it's so important to get the Aussie players playing as much as possible as well. And what happens after these guys play five games? What happens then? Who, who are the overseas? Who are the big overseas players playing in the BBL? Well, no one. It'll be back to how they're all gone to the UAE. Mm. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be yeah, interested to see how how the BBL continues to well, grow because no, again, the money no. for for the other tournaments, like I say, South Africa or UAE or um, you know whatever it is, the tournaments are much shorter. And the players are getting paid more. So you can understand why they're choosing those over the BBL. We've got Shane on the line. G'day, Shane. G'day, Mido. G'day, boys. How are you? Shane, no. uh, Mido, look, it doesn't matter how many different scenarios we come up with this season. There's always, it's going to even be even more in 2027 when the Perth Bears come in. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about content. Foxtel wants content and they'll pay for it. If they shorten the season, less money. The players will blow up. Simple as that. Um, Day for feeder, it looks like he's on the outer. He'll be heading to the Dolphins probably next year. They'll, they'll work some deal out. But the Titans have never been able to work out how to use this bloke. Toby Sexton, he's, he struggles at halfback. You put him in a new system next year with young O'Sullivan and halfback at Milford, and you have O'Sullivan leading him around the field. What he's done with Penrith this year with that set of forwards, you got you know brought the the two Bromwich boys. Uh, you got Kafus here. You have. Uh, Big Davey there in the second row. You can move him to an edge. Well, I think you, you're probably talking about a bit of dolphin domination here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What have you been on this morning, brother? Uh, I had a couple of cappuccinos. <laughs> <laughs> about 30 of them, by the sound of it. Yeah, good. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thanks, Shane. And uh, we've got Bit time. Of dolphin domination. <laughs> we've got. I believe Sean wants to talk about Manchester United. So luckily, he's got about twenty-two seconds. Morning, Sean. 
Good evening, mate. 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 Good evening, and giving us crap. All exactly like right. Glory, glory, Mr. United. We won, we won one. We're ahead of you. That's enough, mate. And I expected a six bucks. But, uh, mate, what a morning. What a morning. Good boy, Sean. Give it to him. Oh, Middow in here, the Liverpool yeah. man. You Liverpool, uh, Liverpool. Are you right? Sean, I really appreciate the call, mate. <laughs> 2-1 this morning, uh, Manchester United beating Liverpool at Old Trafford. Now, the markets for this weekend in the NRL. So, Brisbane are $2.25 with tab against Para $1.65. Uh, Penrith $1.02. The Warriors $13.26 and a half is the line. They're getting the JJ Gilton and Shield after the game on Friday night, Loz. That's the 6 o'clock game. Penrith $26.50. The Warriors. They're, they're... Oh, they'll be covering that. Oh, They'll cover that. The Warriors yeah, are just Mount Smart Stadium. They're a hope. Yep. Anywhere else at the moment is queuing the rack as far as the Warriors are concerned. Melbourne are $1.50 favourites against oh. the Roosters, $2.60. That's $2.60. What's yeah. happened? Plus They're blowing five, out the Roosters. Plus five and a half at the line, the Chooks. Canberra, $1.18. Manly, $4.80. is your line there. The three o'clock game, Fox League Saturday, GIO Stadium. Cronulla, $1.05. 23.5-point favourites at the line against the Dogs. $10. Huge line. Uh, Souths, $1.45 favourites against the Cowboys, $2.75. And, of course, uh, Tom Dearden will be missing after he had to have emergency surgery Sunday night on a ruptured testicle. West Tigers, $2.85. The Dragons, $1.43 Sunday afternoon. And then to finish the round off, the Gold Coast Titans, $1.45, Newcastle, $2.75. So you're pretty keen at first glance, loss on the Chooks, by the sounds of it, $2.60. Yeah, I think that's a good price, $2.60. I, I know they beat up on the Tigers last weekend, and the Storm were pretty impressive against the Broncos, who were in the top eight. But I, I think there's couple to come back for the Roosters, and I think they're talking about Lindsay Collins being available this weekend and Siwa Takiaho. So if, if those two are back in the team and there's no injury concerns for the Roosters, I, I, I think I'll be on the Roosters. Well, it is, we spoke to Gutho earlier. I mean, it is salivating to think if the Roosters win against the Storm, the Eels beat the Broncos Thursday night, it is the Storm and the Eels in the last round Playing for four. Yeah, and and the other scenario, and Adam Pengilly made mention of it yesterday, if South and the Roosters both lose this weekend, they're a chance of playing at Allianz Stadium in the last game. And one the could loser... Be, could be out. Could be out. Thank goodness for the 26-25 round. Yeah, imagine if we didn't have that, eh? <laughs> Imagine if we didn't have that Well, you'd scenario. have those marquee. You'd have the Roosters <laughs> and the Bunnies playing earlier. What about Gutho, though, saying oh, he's a fan of play each other once? Add oh, extra of course players are going to be like that. Oh, when I played, I was like that. But as a fan, for me, I, I, in an ideal world, I'll give you this. In an ideal world, you want the competition to be as even as possible. All right, But you're never going to get that while we've got... 17 sides. You know, you can't play 16 games. So you've got to play at least 
20 games. And as Paul Kent has written in today's paper, Daily Telegraph, and you can never tell how sides are going to go at the start of the year, but the draw and the way it plays out, it favours some teams. You just, you get that. So it's always unfair on some teams because they're playing the better quality twice, whereas others play the lower-ranked teams twice. It, it, that's the way it, way it goes. I, I don't know what the c- correct uh, solution is, other than you either play everyone once or twice, but if you play everyone twice the way we're going at the moment, you're going to have, what's that, 16 games, what's that, 30, 34 games, 32 games. 30, yeah. 32 games, so... You can't play that many. Mm. Or 30 games because you take your you, you one. So you play 15 oh, yeah, sides. Yeah, 15. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. 30, 30. 30 games. Nah, that's too many. That's too many. Mm. Uh, now, Denny Widler's coming up after 8 o'clock this morning. And uh, he said on 100% footy on 9 last night that, uh, well, Ben Hunt has been essentially lowballed by the Dragons, offered around $700,000 to stay Beyond next year, he's off contract next year, so he's free to speak to other clubs November 1 if he and his management wishes. So 700000 is apparently the offer. This is a bloke on the verge of winning the Dally M medal this season. Uh, by, uh, then he said that you know, him and his management are looking for somewhere around the $850,000 yeah. mark. He's 32 years of age. They can't afford to let him go. As you know, Loz, these halfbacks... Hard to get. Don't grow on trees. You were saying that all last year when we were speaking about Adam Reynolds moving to Brisbane from Souths. It would be just the worst decision ever for the Dragons surely to be losing him. I think it would because you'd have other teams out there that will look at an experienced Straight away. And, and they will pay that up. money. They will. They will. And the influence that these players can have on a team is remarkable. You, you see the influence that Adam Reynolds has had up there in Queensland. And I spoke to Corey Oates after the show, Matty John's show on Sunday night, and he was just talking about the influence that Adam Reynolds has had on that club. has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Giving them the direction that they needed, the belief that they needed. And Ben Hunt would be exactly the same. And if you've got him in your system, you can't afford to lose him. Uh, text here, can someone tell me why Souths are favourite against the Cowboys when Souths are coming seventh and the Cowboys second, says Gaz. Well, number one is the old great intangible in footy and that is the home ground advantage. And, and Souths are at home and Tom Dearden being out. I didn't see what the price was pre that news yesterday. I think Souths were still favourites before that news yeah. came through. I wouldn't and, move the market that much, but he would move it yeah, a bit. But, but also, the last time they were in Sydney, they were hammered by the Roosters. The the Roosters touched them up. So you've got last start in Sydney, poor, playing away from home, which their record wasn't too bad up until the Roosters game away from home. I think they had the second best away record in the comp. Yeah, they barely played in Sydney though this season. Well, that's another reason. I suppose you've got the second best. But away, and then... Did and being out. But I, 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 look, Souths were okay last week against, well, more than okay. I thought they were pretty good last week against Penrith. Mm. And if they turn up with that sort of same attitude and desire, it, it'll be a good game. 
it'll be a very, very good game. But you just get the feeling South are capable of a lot more than what they're giving at the moment, I reckon. Mm. Well, up until last week, they were giving us a fair bit. Yeah, but I still thought there was plenty of improvement there. And last week, just at times, their defence... For me, they didn't have that same energy in defence as they did when they had the football. When they get the footy, they come alive. And in particular, if they get the footy down your end. Um, but they've got to bring that attitude to defence, in particular in the middle, because I thought they conceded plenty of yards last week. Right at now, it says, don't count out Hines as Dally M winner middle. He's picked up at least seven points in the last three games. He'll get five or six more, guarantee it says our big Sharkies fan right at Nara, but uh, it, it will come down, I think, probably to the wire between those two, Hunt and Nico I've Hines. Got, I've got five players that I think can win it. I reckon Nico Hines, Ben Hunt, possibly Munster. Uh, Tedesco, no one's talking about Tedesco, and the Roosters have been on a roll, and he's been their best player. Yeah, he'd be getting a lot of their points, wouldn't he? And the other one... I don't know whether he'll win it because they'd be taking points off each other. But the fact that Nathan Cleary hasn't been playing, I reckon Dylan Edwards or Isaiah Yo, they'd be earning points most weeks for Penrith. Well, Cleary would have got a lot, though, through the season before he was suspended. I don't think he was on a lot. I think he was only on about 13 or something. Okay. That was before it went close, behind closed doors. Just on the Roosters as well, and um, Matt Lodge, who... You know, was somewhat of a eyebrow-raising signing by a club like the Roosters. Well, it looks like they might be working through a deal to continue together next season as well. But he has certainly added something. We They're into ten dollars to win the comp. The Roosters. I still think that's good value. You think they should be shorter than yeah, ten dollars to win yeah. the comp? Yeah. <sighs> Oh, as I said... I think they can I, win said, it, but I, I think that's their right price. I said the last couple of weeks, you know, you look at their back line, there's, there's no other back line with any more strike than them. And then you look at their forward rotation, you've got Collins and Takiaho to come back in, and you've got Lodge and Wira Hargreaves up front. Verrills is a really good player. He's a premiership winning hooker. You've got Angus Crichton, state of origin player, as a back rower. Victor Radley is 13, and young Nat Butcher is played the majority of his career as a middle, but now moved on to that right edge. Um, they're, they're forward pack holes their own. I, I think they're tremendous value, given that you got Penrith at $2.25. Mm. But it's likely they're going to finish outside the top four. They may not, but if you're going to back a team that's finishing five to eight, well, you want to be getting double you. figures. Well, the odds are against you. Mm. But I still think they're best placed out of anyone. To do it, I agree with that. I have them ahead of Souths. Oh, look! I, I just, I just look at their team and go, "Wow!" On their day, they can beat anyone. They, they can beat anyone. Peaking at the right time, no doubt about that. Uh, now the Knights as well, Loz. There are reports that the club could chase Ruben Garrick. I think Buzz wrote this on the weekend in the Telegraph from Manly. So if that's the case, it's all but inevitable that Caelan Ponger will be five eighth next year, wouldn't he? Yeah. Is um, it time? Is it time now? I think we've spoken about this a few times. I mean, we saw him have a crack there a few years ago when he was still sort of. You, you put know, the right people around Caelan Ponga, he'll be, a, he'll be a sensation in 5 8. He'll be a sensation wherever he plays. He's but just, he'd need that controlling halfback next to him. Yeah, he would. 
Um, yeah. It, it, the other thing with Kalen is that, again, you don't want to get too heavy into it, but, you know, the head knocks that he's received, you, you're more susceptible to receive head knocks when you're defending in the line as well, if you've got a history of it. Because if you're all making tackles, at, at fullback you're not making too many tackles. But if you put yourself in the line, the more people are going to run at him, the more likely he might be able, you know, he might cop a stray elbow or a shoulder or whatever in in, in defending. And then when he gets the the ball, he's still susceptible as well. So he'll be a he'll be a very good player wherever he plays. There's no doubt about that. But he'll need a controlling half, I would think, to play with him to let Kalen just play and bob up where he wants to. And and that's the thing I, I reckon with. Um, some teams, and why Munster's so more effective at the moment for Melbourne, he hasn't. He's got a license to just go and float and do what you want to do. He hasn't got to worry about controlling a team, or he's not stationed and pigeonholed on one side of the field. It's about, mate, you go out there and you play what you see. And if you if you see something, you back yourself and have a crack, and we'll support you. And that's worked for them. And, and the other thing that's worked for Melbourne the last couple of weeks. Uh, with their attack, is Big Nelson being on an edge. I mean, just so hard to contain if you're a seven or a six lining up against Big Nelson charging into you. And if he doesn't get an offload in that tackle or he doesn't make a line break or he doesn't carry the ball 10 metres forward, it's a quick play of the ball. So off the back of that, Melbourne just roll again. So he's such an effective weapon playing on an edge. And he plays longer minutes. But I'd, it'll be interesting to see what they do when Felice Kafusi comes back because I'd nearly be tempted to stay oh, with Nelson as the right edge yeah. back rower. I think Kafusi is back this week. Because be Felice in, in attack, I mean, mm. he, he's not really going to, to worry as much as Nelson. Like, if you're a half defending in the line, I'd rather tackle Felice Kafusi <sighs> than Nelson or so for a Solomona. Who was the one person in this room who didn't write the storm off? It was you, Clarky. Here they are back in a 450 to win the premiership. Clearly the second pick back behind the pen. Right? Oh, yeah, I, I, don't, Do I don't know. I still Get don't him know. in there. Yeah, I think they can make the grand final. I Get don't think they can win it. This Father's Day, Drummond Golf is giving you the chance to win the ultimate golfing experience for your dad and a friend to the 2022 Australian Open at the Victoria Golf Club, valued at $8,500. To win, simply purchase a Drummond Golf gift card valued at $50 or more from any Drummond Golf store, either in-store or online, between August 4 and September 4, and you'll go into the draw to win. Visit drummondgolf.com.au for full terms and conditions. Drummond Golf, Australia's biggest. Brad Davidson, morning to you. Good morning, Jared. Morning, everyone. What did you make of Enemo's performance in the Wink Stakes on Saturday? Guys, he was uh, he was simply outstanding, wasn't he? Um, there's no doubt about that. I, I said on the show on Friday that you had to take him on a touch um, just at the short odds there, but um, gee, he was simply outstanding. Uh, I think it's fair to say, I mean, it's only one run, but off that performance and what he's done first up in the past, uh, I think it's fair to say he's come back even better. Um, there was always a chance of that happening, but They've got to come back and do it. And the way he won the, the wink stakes there on the weekend, um, the figures he produced and the overall data and whatnot, suggesting that that's a, a better first-up run than, than what he's done the last few times. So we know he's got that pattern of continuing to improve as the preparation goes. So if, he, if he's able to reproduce what he did with that sort of pattern the last few preparations, then look out. He's going to be very, very hard to beat him whatever he goes in uh, 
in this spring. But uh, exciting to have the good horses back. And yeah, he didn't let us down, didn't he? He was uh, simply scintillating there on the weekend. What did you make of Zapateo at Randwick on Saturday, Dover? Yeah, Loz, it was a big day for Godolphin, wasn't it? They had um, a number of impressive winners and, and Zapateo being another one there. She looks to be a, a mare on the rise. I mean, again, run scintillating time. Uh, the late strength was very impressive and said after the race, I'd like to know where they're going with her, what they target, because, again, she has to reproduce that, but um, she's, she's come back a, a much more furnished horse this time in and, and that form around Marzu last time in just continues to... To step up, so uh, another exciting winner there on the weekend. We've gone from that winter racing to the really good horses coming back, and we see it in the in the times they're running on the track there on the weekend. Gee, I wonder where showmanship will end up. Uh, a seven-year-old that's only had ten starts. No, it's had a lot of issues. Only had its second start in two years on Saturday, and reeled in prime candidate. Not easy, is it? Uh, as you said, Jared, uh, he had those those issues in the past, and would have been a bit rusty for the race experience and whatnot there on the weekend, but he didn't show it. He, he was he was great, wasn't he? he? Probably didn't show as much to the eye as how good the win actually was because they didn't go hard up in front at all. Um, so it, it set it up for those on speed to just keep on finding. But that late strength, particularly that last 100 metres and that surge to get past uh, Prime Candidate, who was heavily backed, was very, very impressive, as was the ride. I mean, the track was playing off the off the fence, and this is why, for mine, he's the best in Australia, James McDonald. Um, he just finds a way, doesn't he? To, he, he drew the one, and, and that was my concern going into the race. I believe that was the reason the horse was drifting as well, but he just found a way to get the widest in the straight. He, he gets out of those positions and, and does it better than anyone for mine. So, you know, again, summed up, he did the same on, on Niffler, but... Um, that was right of the day stuff for me. And, and yeah, look, he's he going places. I, I can't wait to see him get to 1,400 and maybe even a mile because um, the way he finished off there on the weekend suggests they're only going to be positives for him going forward. Well, we know all the quality horses are starting to come back, Davo, and Marzu is another one. Uh, he'll trial at Rose Hill this morning. Yeah, 8.30, I think the trial is lost. So looking forward to, to seeing that. There were some really positive comments about the horse in track work last week. Um, we saw what he did in the in the winter he just uh, really come of age, didn't he? And, and that form with Zapateo really franking it around him there on the weekend. So we know it's all uh, systems go towards the Everest later this uh, this year, and I'm sure he'll be out for a, a nice trial this morning. I think Master of is in the same heat by memory, so it looks like a, a decent heat there this morning, and looking forward to seeing how he uh, shapes up at the, the trials. Yes, the Everest winner, Marzu, paying $8. $8 for those who want to get on. Nature Strip, $2.80 in the Everest market as it stands right now. Uh, horses to follow out of Saturday, Davo? Look, there's plenty. You're spoiled for choice. Uh, I think it's fair to say the last couple of months we were trying to find horses that would need to be really well placed. And now we've got all these good horses back. It's easy to, to find a, a strong list. I thought Rocketing Fire was, was outstanding in the sprint race, uh, considering how slow they went early. He had up a stack of ground and had to go back from the wide gate. So he looks to be going particularly well. Zapateo is an obvious one, but I want to follow her wherever she goes after that dominant first up win. Fangirl was super in the wing stakes. It was just the, the lack of tempo that, that really beat her. She had to go back, of course, and, and rattled late. Plus, Dockham was great in that race as well, guys. He's more of a, a long-term follow. Um, look out for him later on in staying trips as we get to, you know, towards uh, deeper into the spring. But you could throw a few in more there from the, the wing stakes as well. You know, Benno was great uh, from a staying perspective as well, and there are a few others that went well in the race and a couple of disappointing runs, of course, have been Love and Moanga were very disappointing. 
Talk about disappointing runs. <laughs> what did you make of King of Sparta? Yeah, well, he's his own worst enemy a lot of he the time. Lodge. Pulled, didn't he? Yeah, he just got his head up and over racing. And once they do that, it's it's very hard to you know to get the job done. But I'm throwing him in the the sin bin for that reason, but also from the fact that it's not going to get any easier for him going forward. Um, you know, he had been taking on those winter horses for mine in the Bletching Lee and races like that, and and now. For the better horses coming back, even if he can relax, it's still not going to be an easy task. So he'll go in the sin bin along with Lord Ardmore, who I was relatively keen on on the weekend, but um, was I thought had his chance and, and might have found his mark to a degree. Forbidden Love and the Rastro, the other two to go in there. Forbidden Love's had a couple of poor runs back now, so jury's out on where she is at uh, this spring. And, and the Rastro, well, he come back as a gilding. A lot of people liked him. He was hard in the market there. He seemed to have every chance for mine, so um, I'm still jury out on him as well. You gave me a tip for Zarastro on Saturday Daily. I oh, know. Let me down big time. Explain yourself. Mm. Uh, I'll throw other people under the bus for that. <laughs> I'm only passing them on right. Okay. Uh, anyway, disappointing. Dave, have a good day. Thanks, guys. Talk tomorrow. See you.